thanks be to God that there will be an end to sorrow and we will be praising him one day at the throne and some of us have already gone there and we will be joining them. He's coming back soon. We're looking at the second coming as is taught in 1 Thessalonians and we're in chapter 5 and Paul here is dealing with the fear of judgments that the believers had now, not the unbelievers, but the Christians in Thessalonica had. And we have looked at the first part of chapter 5, verses 1 to 3, where Jesus is going to come back as a thief in the night. There's no point getting worked up about charts and dates, it's rather being prepared for his second coming. And we're looking this evening at the next section, which is from verse 4. Each section in chapter 5, there are three sections in verses 1 to 11, and each section starts with but. But, verse 1, concerning the times and seasons, don't gets preoccupied and then verse 4 but you brethren are not in darkness and then uh, it'll be verse 8 but let us who are of the day be putting on uh, the right clothing so we ended last Sunday when I was preaching on this with the day of the Lord that is what the Bible refers to the return of Jesus as the day of the Lord. We're not going to go into that again. But what you have in verse 4 down to verse 8 is this metaphor of the day. Now, it's going to be a momentous event, the second coming of Christ. The momentous event that's why Christians in other parts of the world can't understand why we are not excited about it in the West. If it's such a big event, it's going to be the same, the day of the Lord, for believers and unbelievers. So only two categories will matter on that day. Either we are goats or we are sheep. Either we are out of Christ or we are in Christ. It doesn't matter what other divisions we have. Those are the only two categories that matter. And I just want to urge you, if you're not yet in Christ, then you need to sort yourself out. But that same day is going to be different to those two groups. It's, for the unbeliever, going to be dusk. And it will herald eternal night. Hell. But for believers, it's not going to be dusk. It's going to be sunrise. And it will herald eternal day. So Paul is comforting these believers who are scared about the return of Jesus Christ by saying to them, you don't need to be afraid. If you live in such a way as to prepare yourself for it, not getting immersed in times and dates, but being prepared, then it's going to be daylights. 
And so what he's doing now is carrying on this theme, not so much of the day of the Lord, but we are of the day. Have you ever thought of yourself as a child of the day? You're not a, ch a child of nights. Now, some of us have um, body clock. We've all got different body clocks. Some of us are owls. I'm an owl when it comes to my body clock, which means I take time to get going in the mornings. And it's only towards the evening that I begin to wake up. And then owls can get a lot of things done in the evening then. Others can't cope with that. They are larks. They are up at the dawn. And by the evening, they have uh, already uh, given up. So there's nothing wrong with being an owl or a lark when it comes to our natural body clocks. But when we're thinking of our spiritual body clocks, we're all larks. We're all children of the day. So let's look at three things. I don't know if we'll have time to go through all three in verses four to eight that talk about being children of the day. So the first thing, uh, if you look at the verses, we haven't read the verses yet, have we? Verse four, but you brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. So the first thing is this, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So the first thing that's true of us as children of the day is that we're children of light. Children of light. Now I'm going to refer to two other scriptures. One Thessalonians was the first letter written by Paul. So you've got in embryo what he later develops at greater length in other letters. So this idea of being children of light, if you've got your Bible, turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, the first letter I preached on when I became the pastor of this church. This is how it is put in Colossians 1, 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us. That's a wonderful word. We have been transported. Remember Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty? Well, the moment we are saved, there's no time difference. We are beamed up, as it were, into the kingdom of light. So we have been translated from one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, to the kingdom of his marvellous light. So, believer, you are already in the lights. You don't have to be afraid of the day of the Lord. And then the verses that we read in Ephesians, Ephesians 5, verse 8, will suffice for now. For you were once darkness, but now you are light. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones made an emphasis, didn't he, of the but nows in the Bible. You've got a but now in your experience. I was that, but now I am no longer that. I was a citizen of the kingdom of darkness, but now I am a citizen of the kingdom of light. It doesn't matter how I feel. I've changed citizenship. I've got a new passport. And then the other one is Romans 13. I mentioned Augustine this morning, the great Augustine of Hippo, not Augustine of Canterbury, 
he was a different kettle of fish. Augustine of Hippo, one of the greatest theologians that the church has ever produced. He lived in North Africa. He wasn't converted in North Africa. He was converted in Milan. And he was reading these verses in Romans 13. He had an open Bible. He was in the garden. He was struggling with his sin. And he could hear a chorus of children singing in Latin, tolle lege take up and read and God had provided a Bible there for him and it was opened up on Romans 13 and this is how it goes the night is far spent the day is at hand therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light let us walk properly as in the day this is the way to prepare ourselves for the day of the Lord. If we're children of the day, we are children of light and we are to walk accordingly. What God is saying to us is be what you already are. Be what you are. Let me give you an illustration. Uh, take a pig. You can't say to the pig, be clean, can you? If you could talk to a pig, I don't know what language pigs talk, and if you could communicate with that pig and say, be clean, the pig is not going to take a bit of notice because the nature of the pig is to wallow in the dirt. But imagine if that pig has been changed into a cat because cats are notorious for cleaning themselves. And you say to the cat, be clean. Well, it's second nature for the cat and it's like that with us because we are citizens of a new kingdom because we have the light of the gospel in us when the word tells us don't walk as you used to walk walk now as children of the day as children of light there's a desire in us isn't there this is the difference between new testament christianity and what we call legalism did you notice in our reading paul did not give details as to what we should or shouldn't do in terms of practical things. All he does is spell out what kind of lifestyle a person who is a child of the day should live. I haven't got time to go through all of it, but it's, it's challenging, but it's so inspiring, isn't it? Uh, can I just uh, refer you to some of the things uh, do not be drunk with wine. Maybe I was before. I don't want that kind of lifestyle anymore. Speak the truth. I may once have been a liar, but now I want to be a person that is known for integrity. So it's got to do with all of these things. And when people see that our lifestyle is different, they take notes, don't they? That's why people don't like Christians. It's not personal. They who are in darkness, they hate the lights. They hate the lights. But they will respect you. They'll respect you. Now, let's just think at the moment what it means to be a child of light. Let's ask, what does light do? What does light do? Uh, if, um, if you would have come in here earlier, it was dark. You switch the lights on. What does the light do? It reveals things. So how should I be as a Christian? I should be transparent, shouldn't I? 
children of light. What is the nature of children? Children are simple, aren't they? Not simple in terms of ignorance, but they're down to earth. And we should be like that. We are to walk in the light. We are to walk with Christ and we're to walk with one another and we're walking in the light. We, we, we shouldn't be playing games with each other. We, we should call a spade a spade. It means being transparent. Are we that? Jesus said, let your light so shine amongst men. Let your light be single. Uh, there shouldn't be this doubleness about a Christian. You get that in the world, don't you? But that shouldn't be in the church. What else does light do? Well, light warms, doesn't it? It warms. And isn't this something that a Christian is by instinct? We love. Why? Because we have been loved. It doesn't matter how sound we may be. It doesn't matter how great our experience is. It doesn't matter how active we are. If we don't love, we haven't been saved. If we can't forgive, if we can't forbear, then how can we have experienced the grace of Jesus Christ who forgave us and who daily forbears us? What else does light do? Light guides. And shouldn't we as Christians be a guide? Speaking the truth in love, yes, but speaking the truth. Isn't it sad that... Christianity isn't calling the shots anymore in our country. It used to. We are now uh, following the world, aren't we? That shouldn't be the case. It should be the other way around. We should be dictating to the world. Oh, for a day when Christians once again influence our society. Some of the greatest scientists were Christians. Uh, listen to the words that God used to convict Augustine of his sin. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly, transparency, as in the day and not in rioting and drunkenness, not in immoderate behavior, not in immorality, not in indecency, not in strife, not in envying. Brother, sister, are you going to live like a child of light? So that if Jesus Christ was to come back tomorrow, you wouldn't have to change your plans. Have you ever read Tozer? I'm recommending Tozer. If you want a tonic, read Tozer. When I was recovering from COVID, in order to give me a boost, I would take a tonic. Do you know what a tonic is? It is... You can get it, it's called metatone. Metatone. And it just gives you vitamins and everything else uh, to get you going. And I find Tozer is like that. He's a tonic. He lived in the middle of the 20th century. And what he wrote about American evangelicalism in that period is so true of evangelicalism in Britain today. So this is what Tozer said. I don't know whether or not it is possible to recapture the spirit of anticipation that animated early Christians 
and cheered the heart of gospel Christians only a few decades ago. Can you remember people who just had that animation? Scolding won't bring it back, telling people off, nor arguing over minor points, nor condemning those who do not agree with us. We may do all of these things without arousing, and this is what Tozer is talking about and what I'm longing for, the spirit of joyous expectation, that unifying, healing, purifying hope, which is from the childlike, the innocent-hearted, the unsophisticated. May God give us those qualities. We're not to be childish, but we're to be childlike. Politics shouldn't have a place in the church. And actually, politics is the realm of the possible. Do you know what Christianity is? It is the art of the impossible. Now, let's look at a second thing. We're children of light as children of the day. What else is true of us as children of the day? Well, we are awake. I hope we are. Uh, let's hear Paul again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You need to keep your finger on some of those other scriptures that I've been quoting from as well. I'll be referring back to them. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Let us wake up. Verse 7, for those who sleep, sleep at night. Verse 8, let us who are of the day be sober, some translate it, wake up and stay awake. Isn't that the most important thing as a Christian? We're walking on enchanted ground, aren't we? Uh, Pilgrim's progress. Uh, the, the air is toxic and we can get so influenced by uh, the spirit of the age, and we need to keep ourselves awake. You have to pinch yourself sometimes, don't you, to keep yourself awake. Um, I can remember driving with Max all night uh, back from Scotland down to Wales, and we had to keep ourselves awake. Well, think of the pilgrimage to somewhere further than Scotland, the kingdom of heaven. And we've got to keep ourselves awake. How do we do that? We're all to be larks in terms of our spiritual body clocks. Romans 13, 11, knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Isn't that a lovely thought? A day's march nearer home. We are a day nearer to having a sinless soul. Isn't that something to look forward to? We are a day's march nearer to having a perfect body. Isn't that something to look forward to? No, no more sorrows of the mind. No more viruses. No more creaky joints. We are a day's step nearer to living, not in this world, which is destined for destruction, but in a new heaven and a new earth. It won't be the 144,000 who will be in the new heaven. It will be the redeemed of Christ. Will you be there? 
By grace, I will. And by grace, others have already gone ahead of us and we will see them again. We'll meet again. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Now, this is, this is so important. I'm convinced the churches in our land need waking. We need an awakening ministry, don't we? Well, wasn't that what God did in the 18th century in Wales? The churches were in a mess. The Anglican churches were in a mess. The nonconformists were sound asleep. They were so sound that they were sound asleep. And God raised up an awakening ministry under George Whitfield, under Daniel Rowland, under Howell Harris. They really did awake people from the sleep of death. Let me just give you a few examples from the New Testament. Because if New Testament saints had to wake up, we do. Let, let me give you one example from the Garden of Gethsemane. We'll be remembering communion shortly. Jesus Christ, at his most critical hour, took his three closest disciples with him, Peter, James, and John, so that they could stay awake and pray with him. What did they do? They fell asleep, quite right. Quite wrong, but right answer. And what did Jesus say to them? What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that he enter into temptation. Should we be surprised that so many evangelical reformed preachers have fallen if they haven't been watching and praying? Nathan was talking to me. He's afraid. He's afraid of the future. And that's good, isn't it? He that is afraid need not fear. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Oh, that's myself and Andy would stay the course like Ted Donnelly. To end well. To end well. It's easy in a time of blessing. The tide is in. But when the tide goes out, you can see all the rubbish. I was glad that we knew that hymn uh, before the sermon. But there's another hymn that talks about something similar. Christian seek, do you know this one? Christian seek not yet repose. What's repose? Repose is reclining, it's rest. Seek not rest. Cast thy dreams of ease away. There's no retiring in the Christian race. Thou art in the midst of foes. Watch and pray. Principalities and power mustering their unseen array. Wait for thine unguarded hour. Watch and pray. Spurgeon said he feared, he feared a sleepy devil more than a roaring devil. I think that's right, isn't it? Some of us can cope better if Satan comes as a roaring lion. But if he transforms himself into an angel of light and whispers things, we get taken in. Let me give you another example. Uh, Jesus Christ taught a parable of the wheat and tares. A man sowed a good seed and he went to sleep. And while he was sleeping, an enemy sowed weeds. And isn't that what the devil has been doing in the last few years? Not just here, but in other good, sound, evangelical churches. An enemy hath done this. Because we've been asleep. We've maybe 
been too secure. We've thought of ourselves, Heath Church, we're okay. We are sound. We are experiential. That's good. I like experiential. We are active. All those things are good. But we can become secure. And we begin to lose our edge. And instead of being on guard, we've just let the devil sow seeds of doubts, discontents, divisions, and strife. An enemy hath done this. May we pray the devil down and pray up Jesus Christ. May we pray down sin and pray up righteousness. May we pray that the devil will be bound. What an encouragement to see this morning the triumph of the gospel. May we see more triumphs of grace. So it's time to wake up, Heath Church. It's time for evangelicalism in Wales to wake up. May we live in such a way that the Thessalonians, you see, they thought, if Christ is coming back, we've got to stop working. We've just got to not do anything and maybe just study the times and the seasons. And Paul says, no, that's not right. Just live as you do. Live your normal lives. Look after your families. Uh, come to church. Uh, go to work. Be a part of society. Have your leisure time. Live. But let your life be up look. Up look. Live in anticipation of the coming of Jesus Christ. And then I think I've got time to do the third one. So we're children of the day. That means we're children of light. Secondly, it means we're keeping ourselves awake. And then the third thing is staying sober. Uh, let's hear Paul again. Verse 5, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober, be self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober. Doesn't the church need to sober up? I'm not going to do what Richard Owen Roberts did many years ago in this pulpit, preaching on spiritual drunkenness. He made an impression of a drunk. I'm not going to do that. But we know, don't we, what being drunk with alcohol does. You get so intoxicated that everything is out of sync. And isn't that true of believers today? They're just intoxicated. Maybe not with alcohol, but with other things. Now, I'm not going to go into this tonight, but I will say the Bible condemns drunkenness. Drunkenness is a sin, but it doesn't condemn the drinking of alcohol. If alcohol is a temptation to you, you don't touch it. But nowhere does the Bible condemn the drinking of alcohol. Otherwise, Jesus would have sinned if he drank wine as he did. But what I'm interested in, in the verses that I've quoted already, is it's not just intoxication with alcohol. Let me read 
Romans 13, 12, 13, the day is at hand, let us walk appropriately, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. So it's not just being drunk with alcohol. It's not just living a life where you're just going out uh, on a pub crawl to get drunk. A Christian shouldn't be doing those things. When I was in university, uh, we were asked, you know, do you want to come with us? And it didn't mean going down to the pub to have a nice meal. It meant going for a sesh. I don't know what the English word is for that. It's a mixture of Welsh and English. And it meant going from one pub to the next. Now, as children of light, we've got nothing to do with that lifestyle anymore. But listen, Paul talks about being drunk with other things in those verses in Romans. He talks about being drunk with quarreling and being drunk with jealousy. You can be overcome with an evil eye being jealous of another believer. And it eats into your soul. You can be overcome with always having to have a discussion. Always having to have your own way. That's just as bad in the Bible's eyes as being drunk with alcohol. Let me read again those verses which we had as our reading in Ephesians chapter 5. All these verses do is develop what Paul gives us in embryo in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, these weren't converted from a religious background. Many of them were converted Gentile slaves. And he puts it, doesn't he? Uh, you were once darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of light. Don't have anything more to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. And he goes on, verse 17, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirits. Be filled with the spirits. What a positive outlook as we come to the end of this message. Do you want to be balanced as a Christian? I do. Only one is perfect, Jesus Christ. None of us are going to be perfect. But let your moderation be known to all. Why? Because the Lord is at hand let us not get intoxicated with not just alcohol but with food with clothing uh, i'm standing here in the pulpit i've got a nice new suit and i can be thinking what is this suit looking like am i going to be congratulated for wearing a suit may god forgive me may we not be intoxicated with such things May we not be intoxicated with power. Aren't a lot of church troubles, even church divisions, aren't they just power struggles? Nothing to do with theology most of the time. It's just power games. We can be drunk with ambition. We, 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 we can uh, hanker to be numero uno, number one. We're not to be like that. Jesus Christ says, put to death that. Let the least among you be considered as the greatest. Tozer, I'll let Tozer have the last word. I, I was quite taken by the talk on Wednesday nights about St. David's. I did not know much about St. David's, to my shame as a Welshman. And what David's motto was, the same as Paul, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And what struck me was this. 
what you had with David was primitive New Testament Christianity. Don't you want that again? Primitive New Testament Christianity. To get rid of all the trimmings and get back to the real thing. And this is what Tozer says. This is a tonic again. If the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word and makes it unfruitful, then this would be the day of near fruitless preaching, at least in the opulent West. And if sensuality and drunkenness and worldly cares tend to unfit the Christian for the coming of Christ, then this generation of Christians should be the least prepared for that event. And then he ends with this, the touching picture of the poorly dressed, hungry saints clutching his Bible under his arm and with the light of God shining in his face, hobbling painfully towards the church is chiefly imaginary. May it not be imaginary anymore. May we be such. Let us live as children of light. Let us wake up and keep ourselves awake. And let us sober up. Because he's coming. What a prospect. He's coming back soon. Maranatha. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us close this part before we come to communion by singing together a pilgrim in a desert land I wander far and wide when I first came across this hymn I thought a pilgrim was a peregrine falcon but apparently the word peregrine is the same as pilgrim uh, a wandering bird and we, we are wanderers through the deserts of this world and we need the Lord every moment for every step. And this hymn catches that spirit. 722.
Father, we uh, praise Thee for that hereith, uh, for that longing. It's not as great as it should be, but Father, we thank Thee that we know something of it, that homesickness, heaven sickness, and we just ask, O oh God, uh, that we would be looking up, whatever our situation may be at this moment, that we wouldn't be looking down and definitely not look within, but that we will look up to where our Saviour has already gone. And we pray, O oh God, that thou wilt indeed help us to live as children of light and to be fully awake, wide awake, and to be so alert to the wiles of the enemy. We pray thy protection upon us, having considered these things. May the precious blood that was shed on Calvary, which we're going to remember now, also protect us as a little church. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. <laughs> 